there's nothing quite as fun as providing value to others. I mean, you know, some people really don't like that, but to, to me, at the end of the day, if, I've, if I have provided somebody with value, you know, giving them something that they have never, um, would never expect from you, or they expected it and they're completely satisfied with the service you offered, or just the friendship you portray, or just plain being a good person to somebody else, and, and, uh, and, and they recognize that, there's nothing like it. There's no feeling like it, you know? And it's a pretty good indication that uh, you are a good human. When, when you like doing stuff like that. It makes you feel good when you do something like that. You know? Welcome to the Poultry Homestead Podcast, everybody. I'm sure glad you're here. And holy buckets, it's been a long time since I've done a podcast. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I do apologize. I really, really, actually, authentically do apologize. Um... Those of you who are very loyal listeners and, and a lot comes up and, and everything like that, this fall has been bat-living shit crazy. And, uh, well, you know, between the homesteading, the building, the hunting, the change in jobs, um, how milking's going for my wife and, and, and just all of these elements molding together into one big happy midlife crisis, which uh, I, 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 I am very proud to say that I am not in a midlife crisis. But I'm, very, I, I'm, I'm extremely happy with how things are going, but I am also extremely busy and um, one thing that takes, one of the first things that takes a hike when I'm extremely busy is podcasting. I absolutely love podcasting. I think you people are wonderful. But in the molding shape of my life, podcasting is one of those things that's an extra. It's when I'm going for the A plus in life. You know what I mean? And... Um, Basically, lately, it's not been survival mode so much as it's been just doing the things I love and doing lots of it in large quantity. <laughs> so, I mean, as you can imagine, in homesteading, you know, we I, I've been deer hunting for two weeks, okay? So, been doing that. I've been butchering uh, roosters, all of our roosters. I... Um, I had to butcher a deer because I got a deer. Um, the weather's been favorable, so we've been making items for winter, for the pigs. Been doing this, been doing that. Not only that, but I uh, currently am uh, changing my career path to a different place of work. That's been a big deal, and dealing with those types of issues. Also. Uh, the company that I did work for before had recently gotten taken over. So, the, the, the whole, and I'm not expecting you to feel sorry for me whatsoever because I'm really enjoying my life, but the whole realm of everything has just been a lot. And 
thankfully I have good listeners like you who are patiently waiting for the next podcast. Um, okay, now that all that rigmarole's over, I did want to e- explain to you what I did with our roosters from this year's two hatches, okay? So we had a hatch, gosh, I think it, it, it was, um, um, I think I hatched twice in a row. I think I hatched in June and July, okay? Um, so in, in recent events, you know, I hatched in June and July, and right about now the roosters are getting mature. And we were way over-roostered. My God, were we way over-roostered. I mean, after killing Antonio and Captain Studmuffin because they got mean and big and their spurs were like an inch and a half long, um, I've decided that, that, you know, nice roosters are nice, but there comes a time for every rooster to kick the bucket. And I was way over-roostered because I hatched my own, you know? And I mean, when you hatch your own, you get a straight run, and sometimes you get more roosters than hens, and that's just the way life goes. And so my wife one day was rather frustrated, and we went outside, and, and she started pointing out roosters. And we're sitting outside the green bin, and it's like 25 degrees out, it's the morning, and I have a hooded sweatshirt on. It's not enough clothes for what I was doing. And she wants to sit there and count the roosters as they come out. I'm like, why don't we just go in and count them? And she, she was trying to explain to me that these roosters, we're way over roostered. And we've got to do something about it soon. Well, luckily, about two weeks ago, I got one of those feather pluckers from my buddy Dave. My buddy Dave, he invented his own feather plucker. He did a really good job with it. It's totally awesome. Absolutely loving it. And so, my buddy Dave's feather plucker, we, are go- we, are- we were going to put it to good use. And I thought, well, 15 of them. Well, anyway, the day comes when I'm going to butcher the roosters last week. Now, this is kind of a setup. The feather, the feather plucker is only one element of it. So I went down to the local home center and we got ourselves a turkey fryer. Now, this turkey fryer is what I'm using for scalding. Now, you gotta have a temperature gauge when you scald your chickens, and I'm telling you why. 140 degrees, to me, on the temperature gauge that I use. Now, you can Google and go to Google University as long as you want, however you want, but 140 degrees is freaking awesome. You throw them in there, you throw them in there for 45 seconds or so, at 140 degrees, you take it out, the feathers come right off. You gotta kinda swish them around so all the water gets in between the feathers and in between all that stuff. And then they're ready to pluck. Now his drum plucker is, is like a 55 gallon big barrel with a rotator on the bottom and it's got a r- bunch of rubber fingers on it. But you gotta run water when you do that. That was the first thing I did not know last year when I did it, but now I know. Which makes it absolutely wonderful. So anyway, we're sitting there, boom, throw the water on, boom, throw the chickens in there, and bada bing, bada boom. It was great. Relatively young roosters, not too old, but it still still did a wonderful job of making sure that these birds were 
plucked. You know what I mean? Here, just a minute, I gotta take a drink of coffee. Mmm. So good. Loves me some coffee. Anyway, so, bada bing, bada boom, that was done. While my daughter was helping me, she was catching the roosters. I put all of them in a stall. By the end of all this rooster catching, now we did give diplomatic immunity to two roosters that we fancy. And they're polite. So, at the end of the day, we had 18 fucking roosters that we butchered. Now, these are not ideal meat birds. But I'm going to get to that later, what we do with these roosters. So anyway, I got cutting boards and tables and shit and stuff and stuff and shit set up and we're wing-dinging and boom-banging and rick-bracking. So, here's actually kind of how we did it when we had this number of roosters. You know, usually you would have everybody has their job. But my wife was gone. My daughter wanted to catch them. She wanted me to kill them and I did it by cutting the vein in their neck. I did not knock the heads off. I just did the vein in the neck. And that worked fine. <clears throat> so, at the end of the day, what we did is I'd go in there, I'd put them in the killing cones. We had three of them. Boom, boom, boom. I'd cut the vein in their neck. Had five gallon pails underneath of them. The blood would drain. Then they would come over to the scalding pot. Now I started piling chickens by the scalding pot because, you know, they're, they're dead. They're just there, so I just piled a bunch of them there. Started scalding them, and then as I was scalding them, I was plucking them right afterwards, at one at a time, because the, the plucker worked, seemed to work better for me if I did one at a time. And it was totally awesome, so I got one at a time, boom, 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 and then I started piling the de-feathered chickens, or roosters, up on a table. Now, I probably had a dozen up there at one time. But then I started picking them apart as I was doing it, and then my daughter, you know, brought out the last two roosters, dispatched those roosters, get them over there, get them in a pile, and we got a heck of a pile going. Now, taking the feet, the head, the head off these de-feathered roosters, and the feet off the uh, de-feathered roosters, along with um, cutting them up real nice and taking the guts out and making sure their crop was out, it was actually a really fast and easy process. I had a cooler right there full of cold water and I'd throw them all in there. That worked absolutely wonderful. Um, and on top of that, I guess, um, what we did for these ones, uh, we'll be getting shrink bags for our other uh, uh, Freedom Rangers that we'll, we will be doing in about two or three weeks here. Um, what I did is, is I put them in Ziploc bags and labeled them and dated them, and it worked really well. <coughs> Excuse me. So, at the end of the day, we have a bunch of roosters that are not necessarily meat birds that we're going to be eating. Right? Now you can roast a chicken and do all this stuff with these chickens or crock pot them, however you want to do it, however you like to make chicken. You can uh, divide them up, make your fajitas, you know, make your legs and ass and breasts and all that shit, whatever. However you want to do it. But what we have done with these birds, 
as my wife puts it in a boiling pot with two chicken feet and she puts seasoning in there and lets the plot, pot slowly boil all day long. And it's almost like the crock pot process, but she gets the seasoning and everything in there. And, and then when we eat chicken that night, that chicken is boiled through. It's amazing, it's tender, and it's so good. I, I would have to actually have her give you the recipe, but these older chickens, and these non-meat chickens that we're making. It's a heck of a deal. And then you can cut the meat up after you're done with that and you can get you know, your fajitas, your tacos, your quesadillas. That's one thing that's really been going over well in our house is quesadillas. But um, yeah, you can just take it easy and make good chicken, you know? And you finally have good chicken in your life, you know? So long story short, it's really, really nice to see that we're able to hatch out a bunch, eat all of these. Yeah, we might not use these for like beer can chicken. We might not use it for roasted chicken, you know, in the oven or whatever, or uh, baked, however you do that. Um, but we're making it work. And we're making it work for us and we think it's delicious. So. If you ever do get too many roosters and you're hatching your own eggs and you got all that stuff, I mean, a lot of our friends, <clears throat> what they've been doing is they just kill the roosters and throw them away in the garbage. And for me to get 18 whole chickens out of the roosters that we have hatched out, that's pretty sustainable. And uh, that's a lot of meals because you can get several meals out of each chicken. So now that we're going to be butchering 50 Freedom Rangers here coming up, and we've got these 18 that we just butchered, good God, we're going to have chicken. So anyway, that's how we roll, and that's how we've been doing it. By the way, um, shot me a doe. Uh, a couple weeks ago while deer hunting, or a week ago, I apologize. Yeah, about a week ago. Absolutely amazing. Such a good time. Um, had a great hunting trip. Lots of deer, lots of people, good camaraderie. And it's been a good week of deer hunting, so. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to talk about that. But that's a whole different podcast for a whole nother day. Anyway, thank you for tuning in today. God bless you, and... Uh, if you want to connect, Ziggy underscore 519 at yahoo.com. I suppose I got breakfast to eat, so better get on that. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, have a good one. <laughs>